so that's damn that's damaging because you're ready for a relationship you're ready to be looking for someone that has uh, that has aligned themselves with your way of life and you're blocking that person right now because you're waiting on someone that's not interested in you Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. This is a very special day because it's actually two weeks in a row. I got my buddy Bernie Calcote as, back. as a guest on the podcast. Bernie is great. We answer your questions. In fact, if you want to email me, email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com about any subject. We're going to walk through this just like we're friends sitting around a campfire. And Bernie is that guy for me. So it, we're all very blessed by Bernie sitting here on the microphone today on this episode to help answer your questions about usually a struggle in life or some kind of decision you're trying to make. Those are usually the questions that come in. And Bernie is great for that. So um, it's going to be a good episode. I appreciate you saying that. Uh, I appreciate the invite to come back. Um, If I'm good at it, it's only because I have been through many struggles myself and still wrestling through that. And I hope out of that, um, I can be an encouragement to somebody. So, man, with that, let's let's jump right in. I have a lot of emails, and I'm gonna kind of look. I'm just gonna scroll down and go boom right there in the middle. <laughs> wow, that's a lot of emails. And I'm gonna hit this, and this one says subject line podcast submission. It says, "Hey, love your podcast, and you have some great great advice." Me and my ex fiance are both in the army together, and I got a severe hip injury a year ago. He is currently deployed, and we were supposed to deploy together. We lived together for a year before he left and got engaged before he left. He was set on me being his forever, and our relationship seemed healthy until a couple months ago. He broke up with me over FaceTime because he said he was using me to be his happiness, and he didn't feel like he had any of his own, and he needed to work on himself. I know he's a really great guy, and I'm having a hard time moving on because I still feel like he's my person. And I see it, uh, it may not be healthy to hold on the hope that we may get back together in the future. Or should I just let this go and try to move on myself? Would it be worth having a deeper conversation once he comes home? Thanks so much, Kindle. Hold on. This dude is supposed to be a great guy, but he broke up over FaceTime? I okay, he's think, deployed. I okay, he's I'll deployed. Get, yeah, okay, I'll yeah, give him he's that. Deployed. But he also broke up with her. After they had been engaged in a long relationship, because he said she was using him for her happiness or something like that. Yeah. So, Kendall, what what we're reading into is is basically when someone wants to break up, they're going to come up with silly reasons, and that, that might, maybe that's not silly, but it's it's not the whole truth, and it's it's a little bizarre. But that's just how people break up. It, like, there's like four or five excuses. One of them is I need to get closer to God. Two is I need to work on myself and my own happiness. Like, it's we never. It just sounds like this falls into. Yeah, we never say. And and so the, let's take a quick tangent on breakups because the best thing you could do in a breakup is be completely honest with the reason you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Like. You just talk too much. And I and I can't I just can't handle it because you <laughs> talk too much. Well, that sounds really rude. 
right? And, and we don't do that because it sounds rude and it hurts their feelings, but it actually really helps kindle. Uh-huh. It clarifies. Because like she's what? like, God, I got yeah. it. Because yeah. that's just who I am. I talk a lot, but that's just who I am. So yeah. I need to find somebody that likes me for who I am. Yeah. It just clarifies it. Like you said, it just, it makes, it makes you sleep better at night going, we broke up because I talk too much and that's just who I am. I can't fix it. Yeah. But it doesn't sound like this dude is being, being very clear or honest. And it sounds like he's being pretty selfish. And so I think as hard as it is, I think you got to try to move on. Yeah. And you said he's a really great guy. And and I'll, I'll acknowledge that because you were with him for a long time. And so you lived with the guy for a year, you got engaged. So it, it I don't want to take away from you saying that you made a bad decision. Um, and so I think... So Ken, Kendall's out there right now, though, saying, but Granger, you don't understand. Mm. You, don't, you don't know him. So what do you say back to her when she's saying like, no, but he... You know, this relationship we had, it was, it was deep. You don't understand how connected we were. So what do I do? Yeah. I, I know you're saying that Kendall. And, <laughs> and I would say the, you have one card to play and that's to give him what he asked for space. If you push this and you can, and he can come home and you could have a conversation and he probably will do it and you can go to dinner and then he might come back to you. He might say, you know what? You're right. I'm lonely. That was a long deployment. I don't know what I was thinking. But then it just goes back again to the same thing. It might take a year, maybe two, maybe six months. He's going to go back again to saying, you're my happiness and I don't want you to be my only happiness. I need to find myself and work on myself. He's going to go back to it. So are you willing to do that? You willing to go back to him and rebuild this and then break up again? Now there's other people out there going, that's what me and my husband did. And we've mm-hmm. been married 27 years. That's what they say on TikTok all the time. Yeah. We've been married 27 years, and that worked for me. Yeah, we we met on the dating app, Granger, and we've been married forever. Yeah, you're Guys, wrong. there's nuance to life. Like, there's yeah. every situation is very, very different. We have the disadvantage of not talking with Kendall of all the details and hearing all the details of your specific situation. So you got to have grace here. We're trying our best, and you got to take these things with a grain of salt, right? Can yeah. I get, get an amen? All right, let's go. <laughs> Kendall, I think you got one card to play, and that's to grant him what he asked for, space. He needs to work on himself. Let him have it. Do not call him, text him, FaceTime him. And then if he does the same to you, if he texts you or emails you, you're going to have a decision to either ghost him, which I wouldn't think is a bad thing because he asked for it, or be very quick and very surface when you reply. Don't, don't give up your emotional life back to him, protect your heart, guard your heart. Mm. Cause this is, this could be a dangerous situation for you getting hurt all over again. Move on. Yeah. I think the best thing you said was to her was guard your heart. And I hope there's another question where we can do a deeper dive on that. But Kendall, I agree. You got to give him what he wants and, and guard your heart. It's, it needs to be protected and saved for that person. That's going to also come alongside and guard it. Should we do a similar question? Because here's one the subject line says, do I message him or leave it alone and move on? Go for it. You want to just go, just piggyback on this? My name is Alexis, 20 years old from North Carolina. Back in September, my boyfriend of two and a half years broke up with me. He was nothing but a gentleman, always opening doors, bringing me flowers, etc. The breakup was a surprise to me and everyone around us. 
His reasoning was he was not ready for anything serious. So there it is. His sister and I have a very good relationship, so I know that he has not gone out with anyone else since. We have not spoken or seen each other since the split. I have even I have not tried to meet anyone else, and I have not been and I have been working on myself, and in the back of my mind, I cannot shake the feeling that I need to message him. I do not know if it's because of some part of me really needs to make sure he's gone for good or what. So should I bite the bullet and message him? And if, if I should, what should I say? Thanks so much. Love the podcast. So, okay, this is awesome. So Kendall and Alexis meet each other. You two are friends. You're not alone. And there's a thousand other people listening right now that are in this situation. Guys, if we could say anything on this podcast over and over, we would say, you're not alone. So don't think you're alone. Don't think your situation is, it's all by itself and you're hurting alone because this is just human nature. So here it is again. This guy broke up with you, Alexis, and he gave you a very vague excuse. He's not ready for anything serious. The dude's been with you for two and a half years. Whoa. And now he says he's not ready for anything serious. Bro, you already crossed the line. It's too late to say that now. You should have said that at three weeks. Two yeah. weeks. The third date, you should have said that. Two and a half years is serious. That's a very serious relationship, guys. I was engaged for seven months before I got married. Like two and a half years is a long time. So it's a, just a vague excuse. There's something else that was blo blocking this relationship for him. It could have been anything about you. And don't let him say it was, it's me. It's not you. It's me. Guys, that's a lie. It's 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 you. It's the other person. <laughs> of course, people are selfish. They want to be in a relationship that makes them feel good. So it's not ever about it's me. It's not you. It's me. I want to work on myself. I'm, I'm not ready for anything serious. You're a great girl. You're so great, Alexis. And I love you. And you're beautiful and smart. You have everything. But I just not ready for anything serious is a lie. Mm -hmm. Because if you were the right one, he would throw out everything he's got going on. He would make time for you. He would he would carve out this this relationship and he would make it serious because he's ready because it's you. Yeah. So here's another broader statement that I will say to everybody listening and just take it again, guys. It's like don't blow up my email. I'm just a regular old person, right? But the fact that we have resorted to digital communication for very like emotionally heavy topics is crazy. Yeah. I understand this is the context of our world and you're like, okay, should I message him? Should I not? I'll get to that in a second. But if you're out there and you're listening and you have something heavy that you need to speak to somebody about, pick up the phone or go talk to him face to face for the love. Please don't text them. There's so many things that we learn by facial expression and tone and empathy and all these things. It's completely lost in a text message. So just stop it. So second thing, um, should you message him or not? No, you definitely should not. Not for the reason I just said, but because you need to value yourself way more than he is. And if you message him, you're kind of putting your heart back in his hands and he's already crushed it. Being with you for two and a half years and then break up with you because he's not ready for something serious. He has just kind of held your heart in his hands and not really cared for it and not protected it and not honored it. So as hard as it may be, Alexis, I think that you 
block him. You, like you said, you've been working on yourself. There is nothing that is going to eat at him more than seeing you be this confident, independent. I am living my life to the fullest. I am enjoying what God has given me. And I am running towards Jesus. And I look to my left and I look to my right and I try to find who's running with me. That dude, he may be way in the back and you're like, oh, man, I don't know. I don't, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm focused forward. So don't message him. Don't expose yourself to it anymore. I'm saying the same thing. Don't message him. We're both voting no on your question. And then I want to add one more thing. You're, you're, we're, we're also not saying that this relationship is impossible to ever happen again. Because he could show up at your door with flowers and he could say, hey, I was wrong. I miss you. I love you. I, I want to prove to you. And you could say to him at that point, you should say, I'll think about it. I'm going to think about it. And then he shows up the next day and he's got roses again. And he goes, please, have you thought about it? And you're like, I'm still thinking. But you're going to make him work for it. You're going to make him court you. You're going to make him prove through his actions and not his words and not his flowers and not his opening doors or whatever else you said. Yeah, opening doors. He's going to prove through his commitment to you that he's ready to come back. That's the only way this happens again. It does not happen with you messaging him. Because it could work. If you message him, he could come back. And I'm going to say the same thing I just said to the to the last email. It's like he it could work, but this has every sign that it's going to go right back to this again in a matter of time. And you're going to give your heart more and it's going to hurt worse. And you're already healing. You've done so well. You haven't talked to him, you haven't messaged him. You've done so well, but you're going to start over at the starting line. It's like me and the kids play Candyland. And sometimes you draw a card that's going to make you go back like 30 steps mm-hmm. and you almost won the game mm-hmm. and you're going all the way back to the beginning of Candyland. That's what you're going to do. You're going to start all over again. It's not worth it to your heart. Say no, don't message, guard your heart. If he comes back, make him earn it big time. Yep. All right. That was two in a row, very similar. And let me just say one more time, you're not alone. Next one has no subject. It says, hey, Granger, I'm Tyson. So recently I moved to Arkansas. I was talking to this girl and we still are. She said, for anything to happen between us, I have to move back to Utah. I don't know if it's going to be worth it because I don't want to waste my time and money to move there and then nothing work out and it all go to waste. We've been very close friends for three to four years and I don't know what to do about it. I, I went to one of your concerts in Utah at Green Canyons High School for our first date, and she loves it. Okay, um, so let's recap here. Tyson recently moved to Arkansas from Utah. He was talking to a girl, still is, and they've been friends for three to four years. She says if it's going to elevate to more than friends, he needs he to move, move back. back to Utah. <clears throat> but he's worried that he doesn't want to waste his time and money. So that's... a there you go. Like, let me speak to you, Tayson. Tayson. I said Tyson. His name is Tayson. Let me speak to you, bro. If this girl was it for you, you wouldn't ask these questions. You wouldn't ask me, is it worth my money? Is it worth my time? Like, I don't know. That's, that's like a lot of money to move back to Utah and then it doesn't work out. Like, what a waste, bro. That's not love. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, nothing against Arkansas either. 
there's some beautiful parts of it, <clears throat> but I have a special place in my heart for Utah. So <laughs> just move back to Utah, man. Like whether it gets you, uh, it works out or not, man. Utah's a, a great place to Dude, be. But so. have you been in Northwest Arkansas? Those hills? No. The flowing streams, um, big trees, wildlife. Um, Northwest Arkansas, like around Fayetteville is so beautiful. Utah is incredible. It's God's country too, but I'm just saying. That's what I said. Nothing against Arkansas. I'm sure you guys got your, your good stuff. We drove through there many, many times. Remember coming from Nashville yeah, back to Texas? Boring, the I-40 is the worst part of Arkansas. <laughs> Always under construction. Hopefully, Tayson, you're not around there. Um, buddy, I would say I'm, we're going to do a vote, me and Bernie. Um, should he move back for the girl? My vote's no. My vote is no. Okay. For sure. There you go. <laughs> Let's move on. Next question. But I will say, Tayson, that I do understand the human condition of of truly feeling two polarized emotions. Like, I do love her, but I am doubting. Like, I understand that we yeah. do live in this, yeah. this... And this is true for a lot of questions I've heard on the podcast. Like, they both can be true. Yeah. And it's it's just weird mystery of of human experience that we have of understanding and it, our job to kind of empathize with both that maybe you do love her um but you know like I understand kind of being torn but you're also you love her but you're also like man you're trying to weigh the options um my gut says no but i also say that you could just push into it maybe a little bit more it's not like break up but really start to examine where your heart is for money and where your heart is for her and and so to, to add that the answer is wait just wait yeah just wait just wait it out wait until it's there's no question wait yep. until there's no doubt next question subject line says $50,000. Hey, Granger, about five years ago, I was in a car accident. The person I was with, their insurance gave me $50,000. I went to court and signed documents for this money. The court states this money will be put into a locked CD at the bank until I turn 18. Well, I got told by my mom that this money was mine at 21. I turned 21 and she said the money's gone, that I spent it but it was supposed to be in the bank. I investigated. The check was taken to the bank by my mom and she cashed it. There's no trail from there. I have proof and everything. If I confront my mom, I'm afraid I'll lose my relationship with siblings and nieces. I'm devastated my mom would take that money from me. I had planned on paying off a car loan, putting some in savings for a home and a few thousand for bills. Do I confront her? Do I leave it? I'm so lost and don't want to lose the relationship with, that I have with my family. So this is actually an email that I read on After Midnight on the radio and answered it then. And honestly, I don't remember how I answered it. So um, lucky for you, Jordan, we're going we're gonna to have a fresh take on this. But, okay, Burns, let's go through the story. He, he got $50,000 in a car accident from insurance. That's a good chunk of money. So like, great it's not like a hundred dollars that you can just yeah, forget about. It's life changing money in a lot of ways. Um, put it in the bank and he, and he was under 18 when this happened. Like, that's crazy. Like I cannot imagine that much money at, as a teenager. Um, now you find out the money's gone and it was spent. So then you're worried about jeopardizing your relationship with your mom and your siblings over this confrontation. So where do we go 
with Jordan? It's a great question. <clears throat> yeah, I think it's this is a very unique situation. Yeah. Like a lot of questions that you get, I feel like, yeah, this is very similar. Heartbreak. This is this one is the unicorn. So I I feel like you can never go wrong with humility and curiosity. Mm, that's good. So if you can if you can approach the conversation with your mom in a very not not a defensive way and a interrogating way, but like very humble and just ask questions and let her kind of like fill in some of the gaps because you're you know asking like I don't know how this could happen or what happened here and um, if you can keep that fifty thousand dollars in your mind kind of like as something that never existed so Which it's it like, didn't it didn't like it you didn't it, earn it yeah you're if you can keep that mindset and go into it I think that it will um, disarm your mom from any defensiveness and maybe you can get some of the answers and then I would go away I wouldn't make I wouldn't make this the conversation that you kind of dig your heels in. I would just like ask questions, ask questions, and then say, all right, thank you, mom. I really appreciate it. I'm going to go ride my bike or whatever you do. Um, <laughs> how old is he? He's 21. 21. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go fishing. And and just think about what she said. Okay, what does that mean for my future? What does that mean for my future and my car payment? What does that mean for my future with my mom and my siblings and my nieces, whoever he says? Um, and then maybe... Just think about your next step from there. So good. So what that looks like pragmatically for you, Jordan, is you go to your mom and you just say, mom, could I talk with you? And this is not a text. This is not an email. This is you're, you're going to go and probably break bread together and have a meal. And it's like, I, I want to talk to you something that, that's been on my heart. The 50,000. I went to the bank and... I know that you said I spent it, but I talked to them and, and I, I found this paper trail and it says that you cashed the check. And mom, first of all, before we before you even say anything, I just want to tell you that I love you no matter what. And I, I don't ever want money to come in between me and you and my siblings because family is more important than that. So whatever you did with it, mom, I just want to let you know I still love you. And it's just, I just would love to know, like Bernie said, just, I'm just kind of curious if you had a plan, like maybe maybe there was a plan for me, or if not, if it was a mistake, I understand that too, but I would just like to get it out on the table. And by doing that, instead of going, mom, I found the paper trail, here it is, fork up the money, fork up the cash, where is it at? That's the last thing you ever want to do. Because if you bring this humility and curiosity, I love those two words Bernie said, that could very well lead to your mom saying, I'm sorry. Jordan, I'm so sorry. I'm embarrassed. I didn't want to tell you, but I also want to make it up to you. I don't have the money, but I would like to start making payments. I feel like it's the right thing to do. I think it could very well lead to that. So you could end up with the 50,000, but at the same time, if you don't, you got to be ready with this humility that maybe you'll never see it again. And it's not worth jeopardizing the relationship with your mama. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you got to keep your expectations in check here. So don't expect that money's gone. If it ever existed, it, it's gone. Um, and yeah, you're just you're just wanting to bridge the gap between you and your mom. That's all you can do at this yes. point. Um, and I mean, you have a lot of opportunity here to show her a ton of grace and understanding. 
And we hope that you don't end up on Judge Judy in some civil, <laughs> you know, like court case. It's yeah. like, I tried the Granger Smith podcast, but it didn't get what I wanted, so I'm going to Judge Judy. Don't do that. Yeah. Okay. You ask two questions. Do I confront her? Do I leave it? I'd say neither. You definitely don't leave it, and you definitely don't confront her. Instead, you have an open conversation full of humility and grace. Yep. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. Be right back. Thanks for listening to the podcast. You know you could always get a hold of me through Cameo. You go to cameo.com slash Smith, and I can record a video message for you or for anybody else. You make the special request for an anniversary or a birthday or a pep talk or whatever it might be, and I record it on my phone and send it to you super simple. You could use it as a gift or for yourself. You could also download the Cameo app and search for me, Granger Smith. I do this every day, so it's something I'm used to doing. And as the request comes in, I'll knock it out for you. It's also important to say that if you want to meet me in person, you could do that as well. If you come to one of my tour dates, which you could find at grangersmith.com, you find the tour dates on that front homepage. And on the show itself, on the individual show, it says VIP experience. Click on that. And that is how you can come before my show and meet me. And we could talk about whatever you want and take a picture. I could sign anything for you. But it's a great thing that we've set up for every single tour date that we have to make it available so we can meet face-to-face. Back to the podcast. Next question, back to these. Subject line says, working out. It says, I'd like to remain anonymous, but I'd like to know how to stick with actually working out. I've tried to stick with it, but I just can't. Yeah, great question. And uh, Bernie's a great guest for this question. And and I think we've done this before maybe, but we're, we're going to approach it from two different ways. And, um, and so you're, there's not a right answer to this, but, um, but it's, a, it's a solid question and it's people deal with this uh, daily. People know that they need, they want to work out, they need to work out, they know they're going to feel better, but just having the motivation to stick with something is very difficult. Where do you start with this? Um, well, I would probably start um, just by asking... Um, I mean, we can get into, like you said, the the practical habit forming. Like, how do we how do we wire our brains to form new habits and stick with those things? Which I think you can definitely hit on. The first question I would kind of ask, just to understand, um, not for me to understand, but maybe for you to understand why it is you can't stick to it, because a lot of times there's there's an insecurity or there's a lack of confidence or there's something going on a little bit below the surface as to why you can't stick with that thing. So um, I would just start by asking you to kind of sit and think about that. Like, what what is it? Is it because I'm afraid that if I actually do work out, I'm not going to like get the results that I want or that it's going to be too hard and mentally I know that I'm not tough enough to like continue this habit? And where did that come from? If you can start to unpack some of those things, I feel like the practical steps will be easier to yeah. to pile up. But I don't know. Where do you go? Yeah, with the, if- I love that. And so then, so then after that, jumping into the practical, you want to remove obstacles that are hindering you from working out. And those could be it could be a scheduling thing, like you just you just need to get up earlier. Like sometimes that clears up the schedule. You're just going to get up before your first activity. 
Um, the other thing is maybe the drive to the gym is too far. So you're like, well, it's raining and it's a, it's a 30 minute drive to the gym. That's an hour round trip that could get you. So maybe you're like, you need to work out in the garage kind of person. Um, there's also, um, maybe you don't know what to do when you're there. Like that's a big deal. Oh, for sure. A lot of people get to the gym, I'd say probably most people, and they just kind of meander around and pick up random things and do curls with them. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm working out. So having a plan before you go is a big deal. I'll talk about that in a second. Um, I've watched so much TV at the gym, by the way, just to like empathize with you guys. Yeah. I don't do any more. I work out at my garage probably for that reason. Yeah. But it's very easy just to be like. Yeah. I'll, so I'll, yeah, I'll talk about that too. And then last thing I'll say, and this is like the most um, trivial thing I could possibly say, but you know what's crazy? Buying new tennis shoes. Hmm is crazy what it does. And I'm not talking about, don't spend a lot of money. No one should spend a lot of money on tennis shoes. But but just having a new pair of sneakers and putting those out the night before to get ready, there's something about getting up and being like, I got some new shoes. I'm about mm-hmm. to put on. My, my son, Lincoln, he got new shoes yesterday for school. And he loves them so much that he wanted to sleep in them last night. Nice. I convinced him that let's not sleep in them. But he laid out his clothes and he put his pants and his shirt on the floor and then his shoes sticking up out of the pants. Like that's how excited he was to wake up. So as soon as the alarm went off, he jumps up and he gets on his, puts on his clothes. Like that's, that's crazy what just that small change in routine would do to him. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it could be as easy as that. Okay, so now let's dive into um, the other stuff. I, I also work out in the garage. Um, because I found out that the gym, like we live in the country. So going to the gym is at least 20 minutes there, at least 20 minutes back. So if I'm not using that time to listen to a podcast or a sermon or something on YouTube, then I, I don't always have time for the extra 40 minutes of driving. So I moved it to some simple stuff in my garage. And then I think what the most important thing is having a plan, having a plan. You could do a million different kinds of things. You could, depending on what you like, depending on what your body does. I wouldn't, I wouldn't get into something that you hate consistently. That's a different conversation for a different day, doing things you hate. But for instance, me, I don't like running. I don't like jogging. I've tried it for years and I cannot like it. I'm, I, I'm convinced my body's just not built for it. I'm more, I'm more of a strength training guy and I still get good results from strength training. So I have built a routine around something I actually like. So to you, Anonymous, you could be a runner. Like maybe you hate weights. You don't like strength training. You don't like CrossFit, but you could go out and run around the block. And that for you is an exercise. Maybe you do push-ups at the stop signs or something like that. But having a plan before you go to bed, ideally a plan on Sunday for the week. Mm-hmm. So you know what you're doing Monday through Friday. <clears throat> and you know that on Monday and Tuesday, you're going to do this. On Wednesday, you're going to rest. And on Thursday and Friday, you're going to do this. And you stick with that plan that you make on a Sunday. You write it down. You put it on a sign right by where your keys are in your kitchen, whatever. You hang it on the fridge on a magnet. But you're going to stick with that plan because that's the plan you made. The worst thing you could do is wake up and go, oh, yeah, I got to work out. What am I going to do? I don't know. I guess I'll skip. So... <laughs> Practically, we'll go into what Bernie does. I'll go into what I do. Um, but I, I would also say with that, um, finding a buddy 
uh, finding somebody else that's like, man, I want to start working out. So you have a, maybe a little accountability is always good. That's really good. Um, so um, I, didn't, I didn't go there. That's great. Unpack yeah. that. Yeah. So um, a couple of friends of mine uh, own a training center um, at Swift Fit ATX. If you want to follow them, um, Andy and Courtney. So I started working out with Andy um, years ago. We started doing the hill workouts, and now we do some strength training stuff. And just that knowing, like, well, dude, he's going to be at that hill waiting for me to show up, and he's thinking the same thing. Like, it gets you out of bed and gets you going. Mm. Whenever you have somebody that, I mean, I had a buddy named Granger who told his buddy Bernie on a podcast he didn't like running, and then all of a sudden, Bernie felt like, hey, we got some accountability going, and I'm going to make him a runner, guys. You just wait and see. It may take some time, but I'm going to get this guy running. I'm just saying, like, if you have accountability and you have some, like, uh, partnership in these things, it can definitely be helpful. Man, I love that. Um, yeah, I didn't think about that, because you, you have a buddy you're going to meet at 7 a.m. It makes it a lot harder to skip. Because mm-hmm. you're like, oh, he's already going. I can't let him down. Like mm-hmm. he's dressed and going there. I can't call him and say I don't feel like going. So that's dude, that's huge. And the thing I think Jordan Peterson uh, said this: like, don't try to do all of this stuff on the first day. Like, just right. start with something very small that is attainable. Start with that and be diligent with that for like two weeks, and then okay, then I'm going to do add a little bit more. Just start very small, something you can maintain. Totally. So what I do personally, this is just a a lot of years figuring out how my brain works and my body works. But I I stumbled on eight years ago, I stumbled onto this um, Beachbody app. It's the same one that has like P90X and Mm -hmm. tons of different types of training. So it's Beachbody app. I think that's what it is. And I, I stumbled onto that and I found this program inside Beachbody called Body Beast. And it's this trainer named Sagi. And he does strength training. And the, the workouts are like anywhere between 30 minutes and an hour. And he has like upper body. It's called bulk chest. He does um, back, legs, shoulders, arms, um, you, uh, total body, you name it. He's got it on this app. And, it, and it's just these programs. You press play and it walks through the video. And he, he does these timed workouts and he does it with you, with people in the video, other guys that he's training. And after a while, you memorize it. I've done it for eight years and you memorize it so you don't even have to watch it. I don't, I don't even watch it anymore. I just listen. And so he walks me through these workouts. Now, the great thing for me is, say I'm at a hotel and I'm traveling. I'm like, oh, I got to go work out. And I don't want to. I this rare that I'm like, I can't wait to work out, man. This is going to be awesome. <laughs> like sometimes I think that, but most times I don't. Most times I'm like, I don't really want to. And I've got this thing coming up at this time and I, I need to hurry up. But what's amazing about my program with Beachbody is that all I have to do is press play. Mm-hmm. That's the only motivation I need is press play. I put my, my ear pu- earbuds in. And no matter what mood I'm in, I go to the hotel gym or in my garage if I'm home and I press play and keep up. That's all I have to do. Keep up. Mm-hmm. And then after like five minutes, when your heart rate comes up, you're good. You're like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm good now. Mm-hmm. It's the beginning when you're cold that it's the hardest. So, you know, day by day. And I do, I do at the minimum three workouts a week at the maximum five works out of five workouts a week. And all I do is press play. So I, Anonymous, 
this is a long way of saying, I hear you and you're not alone and there's ways to get around this, okay? Oh, and you can read uh, Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. That'll, motiv- <laughs> oh, that'll motivate yeah, you too. That'll definitely motivate you. Okay, next question says, career advice needed. Mr. Smith, big fan of your music and your podcast. Looking for advice regarding possible change in employment. I'm a police officer and was promoted to a supervisor five years ago. My goal has to be is to become a chief in my department, but my current chief will be around for another nine years or so. There is an opportunity in a neighboring community to become a chief. I love the city and the people I currently work with, but career-wise, it makes sense to take the leap. I'm torn over the decision, and my wife tells me, just do what makes me happy and supports me either way in my decision. I'm excited about the opportunity, but anxious about the unknown. Maybe you could provide some words of wisdom that can help me clear my head. Okay, so um, does he say his name? He does, Rob. Rob, I read this question also on After Midnight, and uh, because I thought it was a great question, and and I think that this is something we could definitely unpack with you. And and I'm and this is one of these questions where you could do whatever you want, and you're not wrong. Like you could mm-hmm. you could move on and become a chief in this neighboring community, or you could stay where you are with your current supervisor. You're not wrong in either thing. But I think I could I, I want to point you towards one of the two directions, and I want to kind of unpack this slowly with with Bernie here. In today's culture, we are a move to the shiny object as fast as possible type culture. That's that's just what we do. Our fathers, grandfathers, and especially our great grandfathers were not like that. You hear these stories of grandfathers that worked one job for 40 years in a factory. And they never said, I'm looking to improve and do something else. So there's nothing wrong with improving. And I think that's what makes the American culture unique in that way, or the Western culture, I should say. But I would say there is there is a lot of value for you and your loyalty to be under this current supervisor because he's going to be this chief. My goal is to become the chief of my department, but the current chief will be around for nine years. I think there's there is some incredible value to work under this chief for nine years. And then when he's gone, you graduate to head of that department. You become chief. You love your community and you love your, your chief. You love this department. And you're going to, you're going to have, you're going to learn so much from him. You're going to learn about loyalty. You're going to learn about the job itself. If you just stay, just stay and, and wait and be patient because you also don't know what's going to happen in nine years. Mm-hmm. But you could move on, and there's nothing wrong with moving on, and you could become a chief tomorrow. But what does that say for your your own loyalty? What does that say about who you are that you went after the next shiny object? And I would just want I want to think about that for a second with you. Yeah, I think the it doesn't matter if you're a police officer or musician or business owner or whatever you're doing. Um, I think that relationships really make the world go round and relationships are our avenue to really minister our beliefs and to serve people. Pastor at a church. Pastor at a church. I I think that while the position you would be moving to would feel like a promotion, 
um, you are basically starting over because you don't know any of those people. There's no, um, it's like if you move there, they, they don't know you well enough to have grace maybe for your mistakes. They're just holding you to an expectation of chief. When if you stayed and you were there for nine more years, un, you know, learning and studying under the current chief, really pouring into the community of your the people that you work with, your coworkers, uh, serving the people around you, when you do get that, if and when, Lord willing, you get that promotion to chief, I feel like you're going to be able to serve people in such a greater capacity. <clears throat> and also, they're going to know you as a human and as yeah. a person that they could possibly show you um, show you more grace and show you more respect and all that stuff. Um, the, the last thing that I'll say, um, I actually have somebody in my life that is go actually called me last week to ask a very similar question. Mm. And I don't know if he wants to be out there. So Josh, I'm not going to tell him who it is, but, um, <laughs> but what I told him was, man, only, you know, and you know, in the book of James, it definitely tells us some guidance. It says like, no man should say, I'm going to move here for a year and do business. But instead, if the Lord wills it, I will go here and I will do this. So I think you spending time, you're the only one that knows, man. I think you spending time uh, in prayer and just talking, you're talking with your wife and all of these things and really understanding, man, where does, where does God want me um, to worship him through my work? Where, where is it that, where, God, where, where do you want me? And then just be sensitive to that. And I think there's a lot of freedom in that. But um, that would be that would be my advice to this dude. Dude, um, Rob, I, th I think you've got your head on straight. you got a great wife that's supporting you and just wants you to be happy in, in either decision. So I think you got your head on straight. I don't, I don't think you're going to make a wrong decision either way. I just want to kind of just bring up the fact that, um, that staying and being loyal to the current chief has a lot of value in it. I know that there's more money at the next job and there's more prestige, but mm -hmm. there is still value where you are in your current department. And especially if you brought that to chief now and you said, Hey chief, I just want to tell you, I, I got an opportunity um, to have your position in the neighboring community, but I love this city. I love this community and I would rather um, stick it out with you. And I feel like I could learn a lot from you chief. Man, can you imagine what, oh. what he would say to that? And make it clear that like, hey, when you decide to retire, like I want to be your successor. Yeah. But I want to take the time and learn from you. That's going to speak volumes to the other people there. Like, wow, this leader yeah. chose to serve us instead of just serving himself and going somewhere else. And let me stop and say, because my father was a police officer for 35 years, thank you for your service. Yeah, thank you. And thank you for giving your life to to serve and protect the way that you are. Um Dude, good for you, Rob. That's awesome. Let's hit another one. Oh, funny. This one says workout routine. It says, uh, hey, Granger, my name is Brett. I live in Brandon, Mississippi. My whole family loves your music and your show. I have some off-topic question. Can you give tips, strategies, workout routine for people who are working out for muscle gain? Well, there you go. That's cool. We kind of answered it. in. Yeah, so just hit that little button on your phone that's like 15 seconds. Just go back, go back, go back, go back, go back. And then <laughs> yeah, yeah, Beach Body app. Uh, Sagi. It's called Body Beast. That's that's all I have to say. Next question, subject line says, how long should I wait? 
Granger, my name is Zach. I'm 26 years old from Central Iowa. Been talking to this girl who recently came out of a relationship. We have a lot in common and we connect really well. But she says she just isn't ready for a relationship again at this time. I understand her feelings and I respect them. But I'm not sure if I should continue being there for her and being a good friend while waiting for her to be ready or if I should just move on from this and continue with my life. Any advice would be very helpful. Thank you. God bless. Hey, Zach, thanks for the email. Shout out to Central Iowa. And um, it's a good question. It's a, it's a pickle you're in for sure because you have feelings for this girl. She's a great girl. She doesn't reciprocate those feelings. She's just not ready. So let's go back to, we've said this before, Bernie and I have said this before, but that, what she's saying, she just isn't ready for a relationship at this time is a front for, I'm not into you. I don't like you. I don't like you. I don't like you in that way. And and you need to hear that from us. And you need to hear it from the echoes of everyone else listening going, yes, yes. That is a, a very polite way of saying, I'm not into you. Mm-hmm. Zach, I'm not into you. Because, because no one in their right mind finding someone that their heart screams yes for could resist the heart and say, just not ready for a relationship at this time. So... What do you do with that information? What do you do now that you know that? Now that you've heard that from me, what do you do? Well, you're right. You are right in thinking that it's going to be very difficult to be there for her as a friend while you're you're screaming to have a relationship from within. And it's very it's hard. It's hard for you. And I, I think this is where I would go first. Bernie, you can go second on this if you think the same thing or not. But... I would think that this is communication that you have with her about this exact thing as truthful as you can and just say, listen, could I talk with you? I think, I think we have a great friendship and I, I love it. I cherish it. And I, part of me doesn't want to lose that friendship, but at the same time, I see us more than friends and I have feelings that are more than friends. And I think if it's lopsided like this, I might be better backing off from the friendship and pulling away a little bit because it's it's hard for me. And I'm I'm so sorry if you if you don't understand, but I need to back off this friendship and then put it in her court. Yeah. I, I completely agree. I think that's your only move. Um yeah, I, I think you need to back away. And if you guys are really as good of friends as you say, and like she really cares for you. Uh, she's going to, you know, say, yeah, I, I totally understand. Let's just have some space and, you know, maybe check in down the road, but don't put any expectation on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, w- I would just kind of move on. There could be a, a time down the road where, man, you've just kind of had some space. You've moved on. Maybe you meet somebody new. Maybe you haven't, uh, but y'all run into each other. It's like, oh, man, yeah, it was so good to see them. But this is what happens when the heart changes. Like it can change the dynamic of relationships and they could be changed forever. And I think sometimes we we just want to hold on to something that was and it's like we just really need to release it and say, okay, well, I'm going to accept what it will be. And I don't know what that is, but I'm not going to control, mm. you know, I'm not going to control it. So yeah, I think Granger's right. I think that's your only move. You're putting, without knowing it, you're putting up a force field around you by waiting on her. 
and waiting on her to come around, you're putting up this shield around you that's blocking anyone else that can come into your life that might be actually better than her. Mm -hmm. So that's that's damaging because... You're ready for a relationship. You're ready to be looking for someone that has uh, that has aligned themselves with your way of life. And you're blocking that person right now because you're waiting on someone that's not interested in you. See how that sounds like when you put it that way? It's not worth it. Yeah. Love you guys. We will see you next Monday. Yee yee. All right. See you. Thanks for joining me on the Granger Smith Podcast. I appreciate all of you guys. You could help me out by rating this podcast on iTunes. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to this channel, hit that little like button and notifications bell so that you never miss any time I upload a video. If you have a question for me that you would like me to answer, email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. Yee yee.